The Painkiller Project presents The Last Manicure. Harriet is 78 years old. She gets her nails done every week so she can sit opposite young beautician TM. The Last Manicure is a dark comedy that looks at need, hope and the brutality of growing old. We hope you enjoy. This is the longest I've ever had to wait. I don't mind. Well, I make the face of someone that absolutely doesn't mind. I'm very good at it. If I've got the time to get my nails done on a Tuesday, there's little point pretending I'm in a terrible rush. I'm retired, you see. Well, I would be if I'd ever worked. It was tricky before saying housewife when people asked, but... Retired's got a a more personable ring to it. People think pension cuts, gas rings, TV licences. Much more every man. So that's an upside to the otherwise general personal decay. Nails don't get wrinkles. My hands look like walnuts, but my nails could be anyone's. I chose this salon because it looks like a sushi bar. Hygienic, trendy, and a touch exotic, I suppose. Oh, and because it's cheap. (laughs) Eye-wateringly cheap. I could probably afford a little more, but the thing is I can live off the buzz of a bargain for five, maybe six days. And a buzz is rather hard to come by in recent times. I remember when they were two to the penny, of course. Flash of a smile, someone's eyes on the bus, a breeze on your thigh... It doesn't occur to your youth that something as simple as the passing of time will rip those pleasures from you with such a thermal shock that you'll want to die. Ten pounds a pop, yes. (laughs) I've never actually had much cash. I don't come from money, not at all. I just have a very posh voice. It's a generational thing, actually. I thought it was cool, a bit like smoking. Both have gone terribly out of fashion, but you can't just quit a posh accent. Not at my age. They'd say I had Alzheimer's or something. The colour of my nails is about the only thing I can radicalise without causing a look of concern. Not that anyone's really looking. Oops, oh, almost caught the manager's eye. It really is best to avoid it, or she reads you TripAdvisor reviews out loud. She ends every conversation with, Hard as nails, me. Hard as nails. And repeats it to make sure I get it. There isn't a day that goes by when I don't want to scream, I'm old, not thick. I am a little deaf, though. Which has its advantages, You can zone everyone out much more easily, like they're talking a foreign language. And so many are these days, anyway. Ah, it's me. I haul myself out of my seat as everybody watches. Oh, fuck off if you want a medal for standing up without using your hands. And finally, I sit down in front of her. Tien. Tien 
has long black hair and wide black eyes. Goodness, she can't be over 18. She wears a little mask like they all do. And I wonder for the umpteenth time if it's to stop the fumes or the customers from getting in. It's certainly not for my benefit. All I could possibly catch from Tien is beauty and health. I would like to see her mouth. It does mean she doesn't talk. This is of great importance. When young people talk to you, they tell censored stories and put on a voice that they only use otherwise with dogs. It's sort of how people talk to children, and one of the reasons I never had them. I don't remember being a child myself, but I'm almost certain I would have wanted to skewer my mother in the eyes. She died young, so I never got my rightful turn at fully condescending her. I talk. I talk for fifteen pure minutes without interruption, and with a deep impression that Tien is listening. Long eyelashes, tight skin, the white of her eyes still white. Youth is listening. She's so discreet, she's almost invisible. I can relate to that. We feel hidden somehow when we're sat there. I don't try and impress her or struggle to find questions to ask her because I don't ask her anything. I don't feel patronised. I don't try and make her laugh. When I'm opposite Tien, I'm a human being for 15 minutes. She's massaging my hands. Insistent, repetitive circles. The oil smells sweet. Her fingers slide down it and firmly interlace with mine. My eyes half close at her touch. This is not part of the package. And I've noticed that Tien doesn't do it for her other clients. This is between us. She's looking at me. Directly. In a way she never has before. And I find myself holding my breath. Electricity pouring down my back and legs. My stomach pounds violently. A breeze on my thigh. A look. A buzz. I suddenly notice what Tien already has. The manager has left her desk, stepped out the front door. The other nail girl is heading straight to the toilet. We're alone. We're very briefly alone. Tien grabs my hand and pulls me towards the back room. I leap out of my seat like a 21-year-old and follow behind in the rush of her hair. She shuts the door quickly and pulls off her mask. My face is quivering, my tongue throbbing as I see her soft lips for the very first time. They are magnificent. I'm so lost in them that it takes me some time to realise she's speaking. She's saying something. She's saying... Tien is saying... Help! Help me! Please! I imagine walking into a restaurant with her on my arm and everyone turning to look. 
I imagine lying on the grass with her head in my lap and everyone watching me blue. Tien gestures to the room and I turn around. I see it. The sleeping bag in the corner. The stale bread on a plate. The bucket. The stench. I see her cell. Help, please, she says again. And I can still feel my heart roaring, my stomach burning, but they're different somehow, faster, thicker, rising. And as I look at her pleading eyes, I realise in one almighty surge that the beating inside my body is rage. How dare you? I whip around and bolt for the door, but my trembling legs give way and I'm beached on the floor in my arthritis and shame. I won't give you the lead role. Why should you be the star? I'm frantically trying to stand, but I'm slipping on her betrayal and filth. Get off me! We all have our shit and our squalor that we keep in our pockets and cupboards and throats. I don't flaunt my scars because I'm not the image they're looking for, not the vogue cover victim like you. Want to go crying to mummy, do you? Well, I'm not your mummy, Tien. I finally make it to my feet and out of her snare, storming back into the salon and through the front door, just as the manager walks back in. Keep your staff under control, I bark, posh as I can, as I sweep by without even pay. I'm walking faster than I can, and my hips are aching and yearning, and I can feel the sole of my reduced shoes peeling away. And so what if I'm crying? Because I am. I can't ever go back for the thrill, the flesh, the limelight. And I have nowhere to go but home. I look down at my hands and they're shaking. And only one of them is finished. Just five red fingers. It makes me look mad and I suddenly realise she must have done it on purpose. That deceitful bitch. Oh, please. She's young. She's beautiful. She'll be fine. They always are. The Last Manicure was written by Amy Beatty and performed by Miriam Margulies. It was directed by Max Elton with sound design by Pierce Sherwood-Roberts. Bitter Pill are dedicated to producing new writing until theatres in the UK reopen. Through the Painkiller Project, we are open for submissions once a month and will produce and air the winning play each fortnight via our podcast. If you can afford to donate or if you know anyone who might want to donate to the continuation of the project, it would mean the world to us. There are two ways of donating. You can become one of our ongoing supporters via Patreon, allowing you to make a fortnightly donation each time a new winning play is released. Or, if you would prefer, you can make a one-off donation through PayPal at paypal.me forward slash bitterpilltheatre. Thank you for listening.